We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's album of the year. It's album of the yeah, year. I don't, I don't even care what anybody said. two of the other biggest albums I, coming I, out this year. Don't care. I'm not listening to Certified Lover Boy. I have Drake blocked on Spotify, so I won't be listening to that. He hates Drake, yet he's wearing the 808s and Heartbreak hat, which is just Kanye Drake. Um, <laughs> listen, man. Listen, I'm, it's my only like Kanye apparel, so I have to wear it. Um, and I know you're gonna be like, wow, fake fan, you only have one piece of Kanye apparel? That's not, not what I was thinking. thinking. <laughs> Nobody is a fake fan. That's I know what you're listen. thinking. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> listen, don't. listen. Donda is album of the year. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite and the two greatest co-hosts of all time, Matthew Sponauer and Theo Ash. How are you guys today? I'm wonderful. I'm, I was going to say the same thing. Took the words right out of my mouth. You could have said it at the same time, and then like one of you could have jinxed the other. Oh, I have one one thing. I'm a little bit tired. There was last night outside my apartment, it was 2.30 a.m. and I started hearing this bass. I'm like, what is that noise? I look was outside and a bunch of, no, it wasn't Donda. No, <laughs> not everything is Donda. I look outside, I wish it was Donda because this music was not as good as Donda. And I look outside and it's a rap group recording a music video. It's like 3 a.m. on a Monday. I was like, what are you guys doing? I don't care They're if you like, were Donda, like, what are you doing outside my bike? <laughs> it could be Kanye himself trying to shoot an album cover. I'd be like, what are you doing outside my apartment? I'm trying to sleep. So I'm a little bit tired, but I am good. Understandable. Well, we have a pretty jam-packed episode. We're going to go over some NFL news. We're going to hop into some college football. You guys have been asking for it, so figured about time to deliver. And then we're going to end it off with a bit of a Donda breakdown. I'm really excited. Our producer actually made Donda the third segment on this episode just to spite me, right? Just so that I couldn't talk about Kanye and Donda for two hours on today's podcast. So if you're wondering why this podcast isn't two hours long, it's not It's not my fault. Um, <laughs> you know, Matt, you know, you know I could talk about Donda all day. You keep saying, I forget on which song, you're like, the beat drop is, is generational. Heaven what and hell. That, Heaven and hell. The The... The drop is generational. It's gener it's generational. You just like made up a word to describe it, man. What are it's we talking about? It's the only beat drop on 
Donda. Anyway, well, this is stuff that should be at the end. <laughs> yes, we, we won't be talking about Donda yet as much as I would love to. And I maybe, maybe I should just force it to happen anyway. But if you guys <laughs> haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, leave a review, comment, all the great stuff that you've been doing. Keep helping grow this podcast on all platforms. And make sure you follow at Stay Hot Pod on TikTok for more great, to- for more great content coming there as well. Um, so yeah, big Kanye fan here. We'll talk about Donda later. You guys are Kanye fans too. I'm just like obsessed with Kanye. You won't we say anything the bad other, about We got you won't we say anything the other segments, man. We can't talk no. about Kanye. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. Well, before we hop into the NFL news, Matt, you wanted to quickly touch on Larry Nance to the Blazers. Yeah, I mean, well, it's more Lori Markin into the Cavs, I guess. That's like okay. the main piece of the trade, but I really hate that move so much. Uh, and usually I try to see like the good of every trade. I really do. But Markinen, you're giving up. Uh, Larry Nance is a very strong player. He's not, you know, he's not just some nobody. Uh, to pay Lori Markinen $16 million as a big who I don't trust to do any of the things I need my big to do. And it's a guy who hasn't consistently stayed healthy. I, he's consistently gotten injured. I just, I don't understand the move. Plus you already have Mobley and Allen and I get, you know, you can throw marketing in there. There's only three bigs then. It's like, you can make that work, but I don't know. I get, they needed more spacing. I think it's an overpay. I think that he's rough defensively. He has not been consistently that amazing on offense. So I I don't like it. The bulls though. I mean, you look at that three team deal and you look at what everyone got and then you look at the bulls and you're like, damn, they kind of cleaned up and that's just kind of consistent with their entire off season. It's like the bulls are, the Bulls are scary. That move was that move was so strong for them. Because I mean, it, in a sign and trade, getting back a first for a guy who had taken so long to get signed, crazy, crazy good value. And then they right. got uh, Derek Jones Jr. as well, who I is like uh, not Jones a bad Jr. player at all. Oh, yeah. I like Derek Jones Jr. because he goes off on two K for me. So big Derek. <laughs> he Jones had. Jr. Do you guys remember that one dunk he had where oh, yeah. he like that's was why out, and he just like threw it into the. Yeah, no, That's he, one of my favorite he, he didn't. He didn't even like dunk it. He just yeah, he yeah, just, yeah. Like, <laughs> spiked it like a football <laughs> through the net. <laughs> it's like Rob Gronkowski. Um, and then for Portland, it's it's fine. It's whatever. Uh, I, Larry Nance Jr. is a very solid player. Does kind of move him in the right direction, but it's probably not a big enough move for me to drastically change my opinion <laughs> on them. Uh, right. But I can't be mad at it. All right. Well, if you have any other final thoughts on that trade or no, is that it? That's all you got, Matt? That's all I got. That's all I got. Well, time to hop in to some NFL offseason preseason news. First things first, J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL, and this has kind of been a very common theme. There have been an absurd amount of injuries, it feels like, this offseason. Um, to the point where I think a lot of people are ve- are leaning very anti preseason for the future. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's many like preseason fans, but uh, yeah, they're but in the like, mud right I, now. But I don't know if there was anyone that was like, yeah, you know, I we can keep I the know preseason. What you mean. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it's super disappointing. J.K. Dobbins might be like the most talked about NFL player on this podcast. We love him here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really, really believe he was going to go have a crazy season. Um, so it sucks. Ravens should be fine. I guess Edwards is a very solid player. And I think I kind of expect him to try to go get another guy here. I've um, heard Todd Gurley has been 
I heard that they you know, weren't kind of interested some... in Todd Gurley. Really? I heard okay. specifically they said no Todd Gurley because people were saying it. And okay. here's the thing about preseason. I'm not anti-preseason because I think guys want, need a chance to, you know, rookie guys. Jordan Love didn't get a preseason last year. Mm-hmm. It's just good to get some reps in, like, so you're not, like, football week one of last year was really bad. And the offenses were putting up points left and right just because the, the defenses were just kind of a mess. I think it's good to get some real-life game reps. But starting your starters is, especially the third especially game, the running back, yeah, right. Especially it's dumb. the running back. It's dumb. Like I would like the, how many preseason games have the Ravens won in a row? They've won 20. like all of like, twenty yeah, something 20. preseason games in a row. Nice job, guys. And like, <laughs> at what cost now? Like you just <laughs> injured your dude. So, I mean, I might put up some starters for like a drive, maybe. Like just a snap, like a snap. Joe Burrow came in through his screen pass. He was out of there. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't. I think it's good to get like reps for some of the depth players because you yeah. don't want them to be total, like totally you put them in and they've never had right. one before, but it's not worth it to put your starters in. Yeah. The other backfield that I've been looking at uh, is the Patriots right now with JJ Taylor and Stevenson and uh, White and then Harris. I don't know if they can keep four running backs. I wonder if one of those guys is on the move. I don't know if they necessarily fit what the Ravens want to do with them, um, but it wouldn't be impossible. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, true. And worst case scenario, it's not even about getting like a fit. You just, you just want another body in there at this point. Yeah, you need another guy there. Um, and if we want to talk about the fantasy implications of this, I feel a lot. Uh, I feel similar to the way I felt about Henderson as I do with Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is a good running back. I don't dislike him, but I think you're going to have to draft him at a value right now as people are assuming that there's no other running back on the Ravens that they're going to add, and I'm not confident they're not going to. So you could get him, and then all of a sudden the Ravens get another guy, and his touches really don't go up as much as they're being projected to right now. So if you get good value on him because he's not a bad running back, and then you know, go ahead. You know he was might, fantasy relevant call- before this. I might call the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about Ronald Jones. That's probably what I would call for. They have a lot of guys too. They hate Ronald Jones because <laughs> he can't catch. He got benched so many times last year for having bad hands and Leonard Fournette and Giovanni Bernard are, are there. I wonder if they would part with, with Ronald Jones. That's, that and that's, that's a I great call because the Ravens really don't, uh, they don't pass to their uh, running backs nearly as much. So that w- that would it would make a lot of sense. It would no, make a would, lot of sense. Yes, I don't. As know far if as fantasy happen, goes, Matt uh, Gus Edwards' ADP is thirty seventh among among running backs. That's that can't be updated. Yeah, I don't know if that is updated. Um, There's no way. Yeah, because it's like I, I, same, I, I've, I, I did it, a couple of mock drafts the other day. He's like, not going to. He's not going at thirty seven right now. He's a starting running back <laughs> for like the best running team in the league yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, um, totally. That's what, yeah. But I, I don't so know. Maybe I, there is a maybe there is a world where it's just like they want they run him a lot because they don't trust who they have behind him, Justice Hill, and they Justice just don't Hill. have another good guy to add. It yeah. wouldn't be impossible. Yeah, if they can't make a move, then yeah, it wouldn't be the worst pickup in the world. I just don't know if I would take him at like you know second round or anything like no, that. No, well, he's that not even going that high right now. Okay, yeah. So I wouldn't worry too much about Gus Edwards in fantasy, but Jameis Winston was named the starter for the Saints. And uh, as I think that's you know kind of what we expected here was that Jameis would be named the yes. starter. Yes, that's um, what we and, wanted and, to happen. <laughs> well, and it's it's like what are you gonna you're gonna start Taysom Hill? You know what with with the uh, the Drew Lock thing, it feels nice to win one. 
we get the, <laughs> we get the more exciting guys starting. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think he's going to do all right. I think so too. I think it should be kind of a black mark on Sean Payton's record for even entertaining the idea that their backup tight end should be in a quarterback competition <laughs> with a first overall pick that threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Like just say that out loud. Backup tight end. Backup tight end or first overall pick who at one point threw for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. I don't even care about the picks. Like if you're counted enough to throw 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, you're yeah. better than Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill is not that guy. <laughs> and I, I um, don't think he's throwing 30 interceptions this year. No, because he didn't I'd before. Take. Like it was a weird year. Like he always had an interception kind of problem, year. but it showed up in like 11, 15, like 16 interceptions. And then like 30, like one of those is an outlier. So Arians is also... Uh, known for kind of putting his quarterbacks in a position to throw more interceptions than usual. I remember Andrew Luck had like a like forty turnover worthy plays or something as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was with, about to say Arians had the same issue with Luck. With Winston, Winston, it depends on when Michael Thomas comes back. But I see the Saints in kind of the seven to ten win range in that area. Yeah, yeah. I I, I am kind of worried that his receivers are not super super strong, uh, but. I think we've said this a hundred times. He can stretch the, the ball down the field in a way that Drew Brees definitely could not towards that the end of his career. That pass to Callaway that he hit in the end zone yep. off play action 50 yards was the longest pass that a Saints quarterback has completed in the preseason, postseason, at any point since 2016. Yeah. I and mean, that's, that's, that's a, a crazy, crazy stat. Um, so the Saints hopefully are going to look totally different, or at least a little bit different. Um but it's it's hard to it's hard to project how that offense is going to look going from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston, maybe the two least alike quarterbacks in the it, NFL. It is going to be a it is going to be a difficult switch. I think I don't know I don't know if seven to ten is very realistic. I think that's very hopeful. Is zero? <laughs> Listen, man. I, Sean, I, Pay- Sean Payton's I'll, record with I'll backup quarterbacks right is good. It's good. I, and it James is, Winston it is. is Sean, a Sean, Cali- Payton, Sean Payton is a very Sean Payton is a very good coach. My thing is like, no, I'm not going to give them zero wins. I, I, I've <laughs> like you I once said released, before. <laughs> I, I have updated my predictions for them. I think I have them getting like six, six or seven. I think is about where you're looking for yeah. them. It's just like. They don't have that much depth anywhere. Well, no, actually, that's not true. And I, I gave them seven wins, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm going to put it higher. I think I actually like it now more than I'm thinking about it because I think MT could be back. I think Callaway is legit good. Um, they have one of the best offensive lines in football, maybe mm-hmm. the very best, Alvin Kamara, and the defense is quite good. So, honestly, I looked at the wide receiver depth. I'm like, he's not. Th- it's Jameis throwing to nobody. That can't be good. I'm thinking about it more now, and it's like, I don't know. If MT's back at week I, I just think it matters when could, you can rotate guys. The Saints can't rotate anybody. How often does that can happen? You, can you name their first three wide receivers going into week one? That's Drake what it's, Smith, it, Marquez Callaway, and Deontay Harris, I think. And Troutman, if you count the tight end. He's now. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, and, and I, I, I don't, don't know. know if, Michael Thomas, I'm pretty sure, is supposed to miss the first, like, six games. At worst. He could be back after week three. Anyway, okay. I do think that they picked the right guy with Jameis. I do. I'm thinking about the Saints more. I like them a little bit more than I did. I change, I, I'm I a don't serial I mind changer. I hate how much I change my mind, but I, I am kind but of changing I, I my just, mind. I'm a little bit more optimistic. I do know, you know, Harris has some nice plays. Um, and I liked Traquan Smith coming out of college, but that is really shallow Yeah, to start the season. It is really shallow. Um, 
And, you know, Jameis, Jameis is a guy who, you know, last time he was starting, he was playing with Mike Evans and Godwin. And now <laughs> Godwin. it's, it's going to be a little bit different. So I don't know. We'll have to see with them. They're definitely a, like a weird middle ground team. I can kind of see it breaking both ways. But Peyton's record with uh, backup quarterbacks makes me hopeful for them. Yeah, that is the one thing. And it's kind of the same thing with the Steelers, with Mike Tomlin. Like as much as you want to root against them, Tomlin's never had a losing record. As much as you want to root against him, I don't yeah, care. As, <laughs> as much as I want, it, well, it's like, okay, you look at like Ben Roethlisberger, how much faith do you have in him? But like their defense is awesome and Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record. So it's really hard to, <laughs> to say that they, you know, that they won't be very good. Um, but moving on from guys that, moving on from teams that we're kind of unsure about. Uh, actually, no, we're moving into another team that we're unsure about. Minshew to the Eagles. Um, we are sure about one thing with Philly is that they hate Jalen Hurts. Yep. I mean, this is, this is exactly of. why we didn't want people to draft him in fantasy because now I'm, <laughs> I like Jalen Hurts, but his, his, he's got to have so little room to work here. Uh, Minshew is, I'm not a, I'm not like a Minshew needs to be a starter somewhere, but he's a very solid backup. Uh, and if the team starts to lose a couple of games and Hertz has a couple of rough throws, Minshew could be in there very, very easily. I mean, Minshew must have looked good enough in practice to for Urban Meyer to be like, Lawrence, I'm not sure he's our starter until crazy late. And maybe that was just politics. But like Minshew's touchdown interception ratio is like 37 to like 14 or something ridiculous like that. It's like, again, he'll push. He'll push. If Hertz struggles, I think that they'll. I yeah. Mean, Hurt struggled and they put in Nate Sudfeld like it was nothing. Like, it's, <laughs> like Gardner Minshew. I think yeah, Gardner no, Minshew is kind they of. They will a, do literally anything to bench Jalen Hurts. Full disclosure, I think Gardner Minshew is worse than the average person tends to think of him. Um, he I had agree. a deep shot in the preseason in the game against the Saints that died after about 45, 50 yards. And like, I can throw up 45, 50 yards. Like, he just does not have the. <laughs> Arm strength to be an elite quarterback. To be He's a got starter. Theo Ash arm strength. <laughs> that's what I was like. That Theo this dude, this dude Theo's metric for how good a quarterback is is whether or not he can throw further. Does he have than the him. Theo Ash NFL arm <laughs> or not? But that that I is that might. is his big problem. He's not a bad quarterback, but he doesn't stretch the field particularly well. Yeah. Anyway, they hate Hurts, and now that you've got a guy, I could definitely see them benching him for. It was weird too that Hurts didn't play the second preseason game because he was sick. Um, he was like out uh, that game unexpectedly, but he was dancing around and warming up and practice in like before the game. And then he was, he was there in uniform dancing around and warm-ups. And then he just, it's just weird stuff. It's, and like, maybe there's a valid reason for all of it. It's just like on top of all these things on top of each other is like, yeah. Eagles are a little goofy right now. They are a little bit silly. They're, they're, they're in a silly, goofy mood when it they're comes very to silly. Yeah, They're very silly <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, they're very silly. They're very silly. Feeling very silly. Silly Philly. Um, But uh, on top of teams being silly, um, Kyle Shanahan decided to do something a little bit silly. A little crazy. A little little bit. A little bit. (laughs) Two quarterbacks. You know, how we... uh, how we. This reminds me... What 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 was the... uh, Was it Northwestern that would always do this? Where they would go and they would just like have two quarterbacks or like Wisconsin would do it where they would just have two quarterbacks. It it feels kind of like that. Yeah, some of these, um, some of these like Big Ten schools would pull it out every once in a while when they had like zero good quarterbacks. They'd be like, "What do we put both of them out there?" <laughs> um, I personally, I'm just against this. I have a hard. 
Shanahan was probably just like goofing around. Honestly, he's like, let's just try this. What the hell? Uh, I don't think we're going to see week one, just like two quarterbacks out there or, or, or this type of stuff. But um, I mean, I, I don't think it actually works long-term in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's an inefficiency to not have your best quarterback out there every single snap. Like if you feel one guy's better than the other. Now I do, I can kind of see it in that when you're preparing, like I think of the big Ben video where the, where Jimmy Garoppolo has his, like maybe there's some tendency that he has that NFL teams really zone in on where it's like, when this happens, he does this, when this happens, he does this. And they, that's what they look at all week. And when you might, get two guys that just kind of doubles your workload. So maybe you can catch him by surprise a little bit. I can see that being in an art in like the red zone. If you really think that Lance isn't there mentally, but he is there physically, you can put him in and like inside the five because he just has to, you know, power his way through things. I can see it like that. But the way the 49ers were approaching it in their preseason game was a little bit more than I would have would expect for them to do in the preseason. I can't, I can't see the benefit a little bit, but I don't, is outweighed by the fact that if you don't have your quarterback attempting your best quarterback out there all the time, like, yeah, I, I wonder how much of it was just him trying to, uh, trying to keep his week one opponent on their toes and not letting like tipping his hand on which quarterback was going to play. I remember urban Meyer, uh, did that one time for Ohio state. It was a year where uh, after 2014, so 2015 Cardell Jones and JT Barrett both oh, come back yeah. and he doesn't announce the starter ever. You just, <laughs> it's like week one, play one. Who is out there right now? Right. Um, and they ended up rolling with uh, JT, I think, long term. But I feel like Cardale got in there at some point. Yeah, no, they, they ended up rotating a little bit. It was it was a weird year. It was a yeah. very weird year. We don't like to remember that year much as a Ohio State fan. Should have won the championship <laughs> that year, too. Facts, facts. Maybe if we didn't run JT Barrett like 40 times <laughs> and <laughs> against <laughs> Michigan <laughs> State. <laughs> Well, that goes, uh, that goes well into uh, what we're talking about next. College football. Yeah, baby. So looking into college football season, again, this is a topic that a lot of you guys have asked for. I think Matt's probably the biggest college football fan Oh yeah, of, of us by a pretty wide margin. Um, I don't hate college football. I just don't think it's organized very well, um, especially with the expansion of the playoffs. You're, you're right on about that, <laughs> especially now. <laughs> especially now. Um, that, that's probably what we're going to talk the most about. It's just like the playoffs. The, the only thing is, I think we kind of all agree that the expansion of the playoffs is a bad thing. I don't. I like the expansion oh, more. You yeah, like the expansion? I've, I've, I've argued with this extensively. I think 12 teams was, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. I think the athletes will I, okay, enjoy I the fact that they get a argue, shot I think in the playoffs. If, I think if you want to argue from a fan perspective and maybe from an individual athlete perspective, maybe it's the fans beneficial. like it and the athletes but, like it and the teams like from, it. Yeah, they, but it's good from for an, everyone. But there. from a league perspective, league wide, it doesn't benefit. Like no one really benefits league wide, except for the athletes who would all probably be in support of this and are dying for a chance to get in this playoff and take down the number one seeds. I bet the athletes feel pretty good. about I mean, that. my. Uh, my take about this right now, and I, I, I'll agree with you, Theo, 12 teams is better than four because once you have a playoff system, nothing outside of the playoffs matters. Uh, so all the bowl games feel like totally worthless right now. Um, but two teams and a limited number of bowl games, so where the bowl games mattered back like uh, when they did during the BCS. Because I remember making a BCS bowl and winning it used to be such a big deal. 
not so much now anymore with the New Year's Six Bowls. I think that's the best system. Uh, the one thing that's really disappointing, though, about 12 teams is like Alabama will never, ever, 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 ever miss the playoffs. Ohio State would ne- will never, ever, 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 ever miss the playoffs. Their regular seasons become super, super boring when just 10 years ago, uh, it was every game, life or death, do or die, changes the outcome of your season. I think that's what makes college football super fun. Um, and I'm, I'm disappointed to see it go. I would agree with you that um, I agree with the two team thing, but from four to 12, because I feel like a lot of teams that aren't Clemson, I feel like power got so consolidated at the top with four when it was like LSU, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. And for every other team, it was like the the playoffs were just kind of this far-fetched goal. Um, And now that you can get a shot at this and really, you know, win or die, go home in these playoffs. I feel like it may not matter as much for a couple teams at the very top, those five, but I feel like every other team as like an ASU fan, it's like, I feel like we're ranked 25 right now. We could get a shot to, you know, play a team that we would never be able to play. And we would get well, a shot. and I don't know if it'll win. I don't know if we'll win, but it would be fun to win one. Well, or two you do. Games. You, I can tell you right now, ASU is not going to go beat Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson back to back to back. Um, <laughs> and this is this is the problem. Like, I want to convince myself that this is going to be like some March Madness stuff or like even the NFL where it's just you get in and you can figure it out. But if Alabama and Clemson and whoever are so unbeatable that we can't stop them from like we can't stop them from going undefeated and being a top four, top two team, then adding more like adding more games, just changing which games are the ones that are do or die by expanding the playoffs. I don't think that's going to make it any easier. But like like March Madness, right? That's 64 teams get in. So like how bad does like. It's not, it's not like about, it's about Gonzaga how easy it has is to, to be like pull to off get, an upset. I know that. Also, but also I, with, with March Madness, <clears throat> the number one seed has won the, the championship like seven of the last 10 times. But that doesn't make it useless for the 16 seeds no. to be there. You know, that's no. my thing. Well, it's the, like, the thing is that what you got to get in your head is like, or what everyone's going to have to like start accepting is like making the playoffs is an accomplishment. Like we'll put, we made the playoffs on a banner, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and if you can get that, if you can get it to where people will accept that, like just making the playoffs is an accomplishment because like take the it, NFL, it for example, it's not, it's not viewed as an accomplishment to make the playoffs that you like put on a banner. March Madness, it is. There's a big difference between those two things. And, and March Madness football will be more like March Madness than the NFL football, I think. That's, that's I, a, I think that March Madness does really well with all the tiers, but I really don't think it's going to quite hit that same number. I do think there's going to be upsets, but it'll be like Georgia beating Alabama, LSU beating Alabama. Yeah. Probably not Cincinnati beating Alabama. <laughs> fortunately. I think all that needs to hey, happen is know, one man. team outside of the top one team. All it takes is one team out of the top four beating a top four team, and people will say that was worth it. All it takes is and one. I, I'll, and I'll I bet be, you if, one will if, happen if a number, almost if a number every single five, year. We will see. If a number five I think wins every the- even if it's a number because they went to had a shot before and now they do. So if number five beats number four, people will be like, that was worth it. Because that would not have happened before. And that was exciting to watch. And that was an upset. And every but, single year, but, you're going to see those upsets. You know what? People will happen. say that. People will say that. But it won't be more exciting because the entire regular season is ruined. This is 12-team yeah. playoff. Is Oh, yeah. It's much worse. I'm an Ohio State fan, for example. A regular season's boring as hell now. 
We're going to make it every single year. But for it every other team, it was already exciting boring. now. Well, guess, here's the thing, though. The biggest team, like Ohio State, is the biggest team in college football. And making a new playoff system that makes their entire regular season boring is not something you just be like, well, whatever. It's not, that's not <laughs> well, whatever. That sucks. And I'm not, I'm not dumb for saying that it sucks. This is better for the casual fan because it limits the number of games you have that are like the big ones that matter a ton. Now the regular season matters a lot less. So you can just, it, it's easier for just the playoffs. Just like with the March Madness. And March Madness is fantastic. But be honest, how many, if, if we took away March Madness, it, it's, the, it's, it's really for like the more casual college basketball fan. I'm a more casual college basketball fan. And I'm not saying that we should take away March Madness, but I feel like what made college football so special is that there were two things. Is like you had bowl games, so you didn't have to win at all for it to feel like you still accomplished something. And it felt like every regular season game mattered so much. And it's not going to feel like that anymore. And I don't like that. I think that's yeah. all valid. And I think every diehard, or not everyone, but a lot of diehard college but again, it's like follow the money. The casual fan does dictate things. And it's like, I, 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 I'm as someone who is that. a casual football, college football fan, I think the playoffs are going to be hype. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's with, about all my, I'm that's about all that. as far as it gets I'm fine with, with that. But um, I, I keep getting called a casual fan for saying that like there was a time when bowl games mattered and stuff. And it just, it really did used to be that way. No, they and did used to matter. Like this. This sucks for the Rose Bowl. Nobody cares, but this sucks for the Rose Bowl. It does. It's really it not does, good for yeah. those big major classic bowls. Uh, I'm not like a huge, huge like tradition guy with most things, but with college football, it's sick. Um, and I, I probably, I, I don't know. I just went on kind of like a rant. I probably said college football is ruined now. It's not, but <laughs> it definitely is worse. It's definitely worse. And the super conferences, this stinks. It's not, I don't like it. I don't care. I would agree. And I feel like, yeah, they've, they've opened pa- the NCAA is a terrorist organization. A like the, the NCAA sucks. <laughs> a terrorist um, organization. Not really, but they're bad. Like I, I hate them. And there was, there was a story I was told by the editor in chief of a pretty high ranking, like, like news organization, but I don't know if I should reveal its identity. So it's, I don't know if you can get in trouble for telling us this, but he was like, after when COVID hit, March Madness got canceled, right? And like, that was a big revenue generator for the NCAA, obviously. And now that that was gone, you know, that's a lot of money that's missing from their year. And they should have had backup funds to like be able to cover this, but they spent all their backup funds fighting like lawsuits about players like selling all their <laughs> autographs. And so they didn't have any of this money. And people were like, what? Yo. Like in the industry, were like, yeah. what? So it's like That's stuff horrible. like that, like the, MB, the NCAA was so poorly run and so bad that like eventually people are just, I think, going to like succeed, secede from the entire NCAA, especially now that players yeah. like. I don't know. I think I think if you really want to point your finger at what's made college football kind of not awesome uh, recently. I'm going to blame teams that should be good and should be competitive that are not. Florida State needs to be better. <laughs> Texas. Texas should be. No, if those, if, if Florida Texas State, Texas, Texas USC. Yes. Dude, no. If, <laughs> how many, how many times, oh, we have to watch Clemson every year. Well, we wouldn't if the other powerhouse team in the ACC could get their shit together, but they can. <laughs> and it's boring. And I've always said, I think there is a, like one of the main reasons why I don't like the playoffs is I think there is a huge talent gap in college football and not, not just like players, but coaching too. Like there are three top coaches and I think Ryan day, Dabo Sweeney 
and um, Nick Saban. And then, I, I, like, after that, there's like, after, I just don't see, there's, there is a huge drop-off in talent outside, like, the top three or four teams. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But it didn't used to be this bad. And I really think the playoffs allowing teams to blow a game like Alabama and still get in made them so much more top-heavy because they had so much bigger of an advantage. Look at Clemson right now. Look at the talent gap in the ACC. A couple years ago, the entirety of the ACC did not beat a single-ranked team outside of the ACC. Their only ranked win as an entire conference was against Virginia, who was in their conference, the 25th-ranked team with five losses. Yes. Bad. It's a It's a mess, <laughs> and that's why... It, that's a little bit of why I support the going to 12 from four. Um, and I know that we're not really arguing about anything right now. Cause I think we all agree 12 is I, yeah, something I, I support going from 12 to four. I just, I like how it was. Okay. So we kind yeah, of agree. I, we're I, arguing. Yeah, over nothing, I'll, but, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm leaning. It's like they needed and, to change something because like, it is just so t- like Clemson. It's so bad. It's, four teams it's so, are so bad. bad, but it's, I wish people would realize is. it's like four teams. That's what has ruined. That's what not ruined made it worse. That's what's made college yeah. football so much worse. It's, mm-hmm. that it's the playoffs fault. And I, I know the big argument against the BCS is like, or not even the BCS, just two teams, in the national championship is sometimes uh, a team could get screwed over and that does suck, but it really, it would make things more exciting. It makes things more tense. You can go on that. Like you still have to schedule tough opponents. You need to go win games by a bunch. And I honestly think that you can expand to any amount of games and you're always going to have somebody yeah, getting Someone's out. always I mean, going to get screwed what up. What happened in 2014? You guys remember that? I mean, that was probably the best year that college football playoffs has had. And I know I'm an Ohio State fan saying in their first the year. year it was Ohio the first State, year. Uh, this guy, right? <laughs> but seriously, Ohio State loses a game early. That was, that was a college football playoffs working to perfection. Ohio State loses a game early. They come back. They're a super talented, super strong team. They fight their way back. They end up needing, you know, their last week or so, they need to figure out something. They beat Wisconsin by 60 in the Big Ten Championship, sneak in, beat Bama as the underdogs. That was sick. Yeah. Yes. That was, uh, and that, that was one of the coolest moments that the college football playoffs have had. And now it just feels, I mean, Theo. I was rooting you for were Wisconsin so... in that game, so <laughs> that <laughs> moment sucked. Theo, you were so confident in, of the national title game. Like you knew, we you knew who was winning. Right. The most Ohio State Clemson was the most exciting game of the the playoffs last year. I mean, and, and how many play? We've got four teams. How many playoff Notre, games Notre do we have Dame right was now? in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. How many playoff games do we have where it's like this isn't even a competition? And these are the right. four best teams. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. it was like by a wide margin, Alabama was going to win that. Um, how do you guys feel about transfer? Rules. I, I guess this I don't know might anything be, about this might be I, more I like a question it. for Matt. Uh, I, I agree with you, Matt. I think I think it's really good. I was talking to someone. I was at a party the other day, and I was talking to someone about these transfer rules. Ruining the party. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at this party talking about transfer rules. No, was, like, I, there's, there's, like, the Twitter there's meme. There's this girl of, there. Yeah. She, was, she was really no, digging the conversation. There's, like, the, the, the Twitter meme of Theo, like, talking to a girl, and it's like, well, you see, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. So I'm the sure reason this play worked was because like the cover two just, fell apart. And I just had a very enlightening conversation with a friend. Look, okay, yeah, keep going. I, funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was just like, yeah, I don't really like it because like a quarterback will come in, realize he's not starting right away and then transfer. And I'm like, yeah, as they should. <laughs> I mean, it's good for player empowerment. And in a league where the players 
make no money. I, I'm pro player empowerment. Also, it spreads degree. it spreads the talent around. Like if Alabama yes. has four good quarterbacks, I, like it's better for them to separate. That I helps kind parity. of don't think that it does that much oh. though. I think the one thing that the transfer rule has done is made it so where I'm a top recruit. I'm going to go to Ohio State, even if I don't have that great a shot of starting, because no harm, no foul if I don't. There's no, there's no fear in not starting anymore because you can go somewhere where you're guaranteed to afterwise if it doesn't work. That's happened a lot. Uh, Ohio State has like, and not just OSU. That's just the team I know the best, so yeah. I use them as an example. They'll get like a trillion receivers. There's no way that they can play all these guys. And knowing that those guys are probably going to end up transferring. A lot of those guys know that. Um, so I yeah, do kind of think that it, it makes it, it might even hurt, more top heavy. It might hurt recruiting, but I don't think it does make it top. I think this will do a better job of helping parity. If, if you're, if you go to Ohio state and you realize that you, you're not going to start, right. You're not going to start for like three years. You're like, okay, um, let me see where else I can go. Maybe you go to like Wisconsin, but the, right? the decision doesn't start when you're at Ohio state. It starts before then. So now instead, Ohio state, if I'm a recruit, and I'm having to choose between Ohio State or Wisconsin. Well, maybe there's only a 30% chance I started Ohio State versus 100% at Wisconsin. If, right. I, if the transfer rules were different, I would just go to Wisconsin straight up. But right. since they're the way that they are, I can just go to Ohio State now. And that gives Ohio State all the talent in competition with each other. And it makes it even harder to miss on those top recruits when you <laughs> have Matt, If Matt, if what Matt is saying is true, there is no excuse for Ohio State not to lose a game. <laughs> they can't I mean, miss the playoffs. You can't not go there. Like no, Alabama. Well, well, Alabama, like <laughs> I, I the find one, it. You're talking about like a doomsday scenario where like no other team will ever be like relevant. And I, I see what you're saying. I, 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 I know that the way I'm talking is over-exaggerated a little bit, but you guys, I, I'm just doing that to kind of illustrate. No, the no, I, I, I do. I, I agree what you're saying. I don't think it will be, I think it'll be, I think everything will be more. Well, fun. when I say, <laughs> when I say like Alabama and Ohio State will never miss the playoffs, if it was 12 teams, they would have missed a combined one time. And there's been some times where Ohio State has particularly not deserved to make the playoffs. And because it was 14, this is the one advantage that 14 have over 12. Like Ohio State blew a game to Iowa, blew a game to Purdue. They make the yep. playoffs both those seasons in 12 team. That is not cool. It honestly isn't. I feel like, because if you can just blow a game to an unranked team, then the stakes are so, so much lower. And I don't like that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm saying that as a, as, a, uh, with, as a fan of a team that has a reasonable shot to uh, – to win it all and a lot of teams don't but yeah i've heard a lot of people that say they would rather just get the opportunity to go watch their team play in a playoff game and i and at first i was thinking like okay just watch on tv right but there are legitimately people that were like i know i want to like go and see my oh, team play now i'll, I'll say that yeah i'll say this the 12 team proposal did have home games in the home playoffs for the advantage. first round. Yes. And Cincinnati would have hosted Georgia at Nippert. And I, I got to say, awesome. that would have been cool. That would have been I, sick. Um, so I, I can't, I can't say that that wouldn't be super sweet as like a, a <laughs> student to be able to go to a home playoff game. ASU, yeah. I'm going to like that. Like ASU. <laughs> yeah. No, at Sun Devil stadium. Like, yeah, it would be, it would be can't, can't, Mill can't, Avenue. Can't after wait a for play- Miami to uh, host a Mill Avenue, Tempe after an Arizona state football win will be a, 
<laughs> I don't even know what it'll be. It'll be scary. It'll be scary hours for the rest of Arizona. Can't wait for Miami to host it'll, Bama. It'll glow. You'll be able to see it from space. Anyway, we talked a lot about the politics of um, college. <laughs> I'm just, I'm being, I'm like, being the guy who's like, such, actually, such a like, overall, like, like, be episode, better if we guys. had the Rose Bowl. It's like, I know. How <laughs> and like the overall, like, philosophy behind how the sport should function let's get into a little bit of like who we think is going to be good and like the players and the teams talking about like actual football yes <laughs> um you know it's interesting you know i know you Theo, you're like there should be no excuse for ohio state the way matt's talking but like unironically they so like probably make the, the playoffs this year oh not even make the playoffs like probably should be in the national championship Win it all might be a little tough. Win it all might be tough, but I think they can get there. It, the quarterback situation is tough. They're very green. They're playing Oregon week two. That's a tough one. I guess. Um, if they can but figure they might, that they out. They might have the two best receivers in college football. I'm very high on Olave and Wilson. Olave. I don't know if they're the best two. Both, both of those guys are going to be fantastic in the NFL. I, think, I can tell uh, you right uh, now. For I know a, a lot of people believe that Olave is wide receiver one in college. He should. He should. He should have gone. Um, he should have gone. Out, like, yeah. yeah, I don't know I why. Thought he thought he was going We're talking to. about too much Ohio State. We're talking about too much Ohio State. I want to we talk are. about guys who are not at Ohio State. I don't care. Who are some teams? Sleeper team like Ohio State might sleeper win the championship. Teams? Good call. I. Here's who are some teams that you like that are not Ohio State, or maybe some more sleeper teams that are outside like the traditional top six or seven. I mean, any any given team uh, or any any given year, Georgia can figure it out against Alabama and get in there. Um, yeah. SEC is just crazy, crazy tough right now. It is. Um, Cincinnati. <laughs> God I'm gonna, yeah, you want a sleeper team this is the most interesting sleeper team for sure i think that ritter probably has at least a puncher's chance at heisman uh he's very i, I thought he was very good last year i thought he was going to come out he didn't um team's very talented right now and cincinnati plays the big game that they need to um and i i understand that if cincinnati makes the playoffs they're not going to win at all most likely but I really want to see the discourse if Cincinnati beats Notre Dame and they go undefeated, what would happen? Because at that point, it's like they'd have to let them in or they'd have to admit they'd never let in a group of five team. They would let them in. I mean, they almost beat Georgia last year. Um, they really I, like I don't think that college football playoff like they've got 12 teams. They'd probably be like, yeah, I'm, I'm like a, they'd probably be like, yeah, with 12, we've got enough. If they don't talking about this year with, with, oh. oh, yeah. OK, fair. Yeah. I don't know. I thought Cincy. I thought Cincy was going to get a shot. I really. I, I was like I, with feel, four. I, I did for. I, did I, for I, I was feeling. I, I was feeling confident for like a, a short second, and then yeah. I don't it know. depends a lot on how everything else shakes out. Um, but if there's like a one-loss non-SEC championship team that didn't win at all in the SEC versus an undefeated Cincinnati team that beat Notre Dame, they're probably going to go with the SEC team, and it's going to break my heart. Yeah, that's yeah. probably likely. I like their two like deep, 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 deep sleepers for me for like a college football playoff run. The first one is Indiana. Um, Indiana has a fantastic quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. and a fantastic wide receiver in Ty Freifogel, I think his name is. And they've got a pretty good defense. They held teams to under 21 points like multiple times last year. Obviously, they gave Justin Fields hell. Uh, famous, very famously did that. So mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, you know, I in the Big Ten... I think Indiana is a team to watch out for. And the other team I would watch out for maybe is Miami, not Bladen's Miami of Ohio, but 
the real, well, not the, I guess not the real. It's the not U, even Miami. the real Miami. Well, Miami of Ohio was a school before Florida was a state. Okay, the real Miami might have a <laughs> shot because they play Alabama week one. That's their first game. And they'll probably lose that game. But then you've got a lot of time to like make your case since that, then. Um, and they have that, a lot of winnable games. I'm thinking that game probably doesn't matter that much. If they lose to Alabama and then go undefeated, they're probably still going to get in because they'd have to beat Clemson and win the ACC. And a one-loss ACC team that beat Clemson with an Alabama loss is getting in. Yeah. If they beat Bama and then they don't beat Clemson, they're probably not getting in. Yes. Um, so I, both those teams you listed, I mean, I don't, I don't want to keep talking about you know the big top dogs, but both of them are in positions where I think they can beat out the rest of the conference. It just comes down to pulling off that one upset they need. Indiana, got to figure your way around the Ohio State. Miami, you got to figure out Clemson. Yeah. And yeah, Cincinnati UCF is the other like smaller one where it's like, they of course have been a, no- a thorn in the side of everyone calling themselves the national champions. And what year was it? I, <laughs> I don't, remember. I don't think they're nearly as good as Cincinnati is this year. Yeah. But no, anyway, UCF if we're talking about teams that are not like guys. historical, also my Heisman pick is DJ Weangale, Weangale. That's how you pronounce his name. The Clemson guy. I think that guy's a tank. He weighs like 250 yeah. pounds. He's just going to run everyone over. He plays in the ACC. So, <laughs> Yeah, so more about uh, Miami, Florida. The good news is that they don't play Clemson in the regular season. That's perfectly how you want it to line up for them because uh, the problem that Notre Dame had last year, and they ended up getting in, but I don't know if Miami would, is that they played Clemson two times, and odds are you're not going to beat them both times. Um, So Miami only has to go head-to-head against them one time, pull off the upset. I don't know how strong of a team they are this year. I'll be 100% honest. Right. I kind of I, I kind of remember them not being on that quite on that level last year. So I don't mean to go against your pick, but I see the schedule lining I see, that's up. That's where them. I'm. That's where I'm at too. That's like, the, I'm I know. Sure. I know what you meant by that. It's like week um, one Alabama, and then they duck Clemson the rest of the way. Like I get they probably would get destroyed in the playoffs, but like the schedule lines up there. They'd have they have a tough game listen, against UNC. All I'm saying is I love Derek King. They did get him. They did retain him, and that was big. So Derek King is. I think. I think he's awesome. Like, if you want to talk about a guy who's like, there are two guys who I think could like sleeper be Heisman candidates. King is one. Matt Corral. I think Corral's Auburn. No, he's Ole Miss. He's Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral and Derek King are sleepers. I think for Heisman, those guys are really, really good. Yeah, Weangalale is my pick he's 250 pounds he plays in the acc they're probably going to go undefeated is a huge arm you know playing for like he's just bigger he's just an nfl athlete he is he's gigantic (laughs) (laughs) i think he's just going to run crazy on everyone i think that he's going to put up massive numbers he did last year in two starts like nine touchdowns and zero picks 900 yards in garbage time and two starts like he he's he's legit now there's also you know obviously rattler is going to be making a push for heisman he's probably the favorite going in to the season. The only thing about high or about Rattler last year, I don't think he had very good receivers, but this year he has one guy and I cannot remember his name. I think he's number. Yeah. Marvin Mims. Yeah. Marvin Mims is a beast. Yeah. Like that, that, that dude can legitimately ball is, is rather your pick. I I don't think rat. I don't know. Like I've been watching Rattler tape a lot. I don't love him, but like if if you know, I, I think also I think people are going to be a little didn't. burned out on the Oklahoma guys. I think so. Too. I think that's that's fair. There might Matt, be some voter fatigue there. 
Who is your, if you had a Heisman pick, do you have one? I like, I like your pick. I can't lie, but, um, you're getting mad at us for not picking underdogs. I'm going Ritter, baby. Okay. Okay. And here's, here's my logic <laughs> I'm behind you for that. talking about Ohio so much. I feel like I'm talking to Bladen right now. It's here's so here's my logic behind that. A couple things. Number one, he was really good last year and he improved a lot from the year before, like a ton. Um, you're ready for that Josh Allen. He could, he could put up some great numbers and, but most importantly, he plays for, uh, he plays for my team. He plays for the <laughs> team, the team that I root for. And I'm picking him, even though a group of five player winning Heisman is probably not <laughs> over, over like a five-star Clemson quarterback is probably not great odds. No. Hey, okay. I'm, I'm so the, you're at Clemson guy. I, I, I'm I at Clemson guy. Though. Matt or Bladen gave a non-answer. He's kind of on uh, Ritter, uh, but uh, also not. He picked Ritter. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pick Chris Olave. I'll pick Chris Olave. Okay. <laughs> so much Ohio. All right. You so want to talk Ohio. about Donda? Do you want to let's talk about Donda? Let's talk about Donda. Do you want to start, Bladen? Listen. I don't know if he should because he's it's not. It's album finished. of the year. It's album of the you year. I don't even care what anybody said. Two of the other biggest albums I, coming out this year. Don't care. I'm not listening to Certified Lover Boy. I have Drake blocked on Spotify, so I won't be listening to that. He hates Drake, yet he's wearing the 808s and Heartbreak hat, which is just Kanye Drake. Um, <laughs> listen, man. Listen. I'm, it's my only like Kanye apparel, so I have to wear it. Um, and I know you're going to be like, wow, fake fan. You only have one piece of Kanye apparel. That's not, not what I was thinking. You know what I mean, fake fan. That's I know what you're thinking. No. Listen, listen. Donda is album of the year. It's a great album. Heaven and Hell is a phenomenal song. A generational drop. And then you have Praise God, which, you know, Travis Scott is awesome there. Um, I don't even like Baby Keem. And he, he's like, he legitimately has a very good verse there. Um, I don't know. I just don't, you know, I, do you think there are any like particularly bad songs? Yes. Just, the, just, the, yes. There's several. The worst one is the pop smoke like thing they put in there. What was that? That was, that was a little weird. Yeah. There's, it was there's just, several it was songs. Just an, it was just an ode to pop smoke. Like, I guess like it was bad. It, just wasn't, it was I a didn't bad like it. ode. It wasn't like, like it wasn't, <laughs> they didn't pull it off. Well, I'd feel disrespect if I, if I was pop smoke and, and it's great. But, uh, yeah, look, I thought that it was okay. There were a lot of songs that I thought were pretty good that were okay. I would say there's nothing in five months that we will look back on this album on and be like, peak Kanye right there. I think that sonically, the beats were about as low of a level as it gets in terms of a Kanye album. And the lyrics were about as low of a level as it gets in terms of any Kanye album in any, like, except for, I have it above two. I have it above 808s and I hate 808s. Kanye is not a very good I don't singer. I why you hate 808s. Because he's not a good singer and he's singing. Like, he's, he's auto-tuned, like... I don't, I don't dislike stuff. 808s as much as you, Theo, but I definitely see where you're coming from. Like, and then obviously, not, I'm assuming you have it over Jesus as uh, King. Yeah, Jesus as King is a similar vibe to Donda. I think Donda is just kind of like, it's got a little bit of more Life of Pablo elements to it. And I love Life of Pablo, so I'm going to put it over Jesus as King. I think it has more good songs. But honestly, I might say Use This Gospel would be my favorite song and also Follow Use God. Use This Gospel. Yep, Both those, of those are the two songs top, that The I top like. two songs on on. Jesus is King might be better than my favorite two songs on Donda. Like truly, I didn't See, think Donda now, had now, any elite Now you're, now you're moments, crazy. Really. Uh, now See, you, now I, I think um, my, my thoughts on it are, well, first off, you hear a lot of people saying, it's going to grow on you. You don't get it yet, but it'll oh, grow it already on grew on me. It's album of the year. It'll grow off of you. 
once you and go I, I, here's, back. Here's all I'm going to say. Kanye fans told me, I'm a Kanye fan, but I got, I got told, well, that, that's going to happen with Jesus is King. Never did. Nope. Did not grow <laughs> on me. It's his worst album. <laughs> and now it's not even a hot take to call it his worst album when day of it probably was. I don't think Donda's bad. There's a lot of really good moments on it, but each song, almost all of them, just feels really inconsistent. Um, like on Hurricane, for example. I, I, there'll be like moments of it where you're like, oh my God, this is, this is so good. Or Moon, I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. But oh, a lot of the times, I don't think that it carries all the way through the song. And I haven't... What, what, is, what is the vision? Like the vision is a tribute to his mother. And there's just not a lot of that there. Like there is no solid message that a lot of Kanye songs, like the College Saga, and I think the Life, the life of Pablo did this well too, where it was just kind of a... Like a, a message, a struggle. It was just kind of like un- it, it is Kanye. It wasn't much there. With, that no, it is me. Kanye with his friends making music. That is the tribute to his mother. Boring. He's just making songs, and there's no more. He's, he's making songs. He's got a lot of features. It sold a lot of. He made a lot of money off of it. He made a lot of money with all those friends, and like people got excited to hear all the features that it had. Um, it very, was bloated and he, I knew that this was going to be bad. The moment, the first or overhyped, it's not a bad album. It's, it's above average. It's, yeah, as it's a, not like a, bad. 100%. It's not a bad album. It's just for Kanye standards. It's an above average. It's above a five, which is average. I, I give it like a six or a seven, but I would say I knew that this was going to get overhyped. The second I heard Jay-Z's verse in the first con Donda that's, listening that's party. another that's another great example of me saying this might be the, the return of the consistent. throne, man. Jail, the- jail. I'm like, I'm really getting into it. And then. Jay-Z's verse hits. And, and it's so it's low just, energy. It's, it's low yeah. energy. The lyrics are bad. It's clearly, like, objectively not a good verse, and it's not up to Jay-Z standards. And I heard that, and I'm like, this is bad. And then I log on to Twitter when that first, that, like, song first debuted at the listening party, and they're like, oh, my God, it's it's watched, it's Jay-Z and Kanye. It's watched The Throne too. This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my God, <laughs> look who's going to jail. And then it's like, it's it's not all that like list like I know it's Kanye and Jay Z and I know that that's a cool idea but like listen to Jay Z's verse it's solo energy it's not that good I, but I it might as soon be as the was, return of the throne man that's like, not a great album either for Kanye like it's watch the throne is first of all better than Life of Pablo so I don't trust your Kanye right you have Kids See Ghosts below Donda and the worst song on Kids See Ghosts is much better than the best song on Donda I just I live there's, by that. there's nothing for it that, that's really drawn me back in a whole ton <laughs> as a full song there's been some parts that I've been listening to um, and there are songs that I like I don't know but I just remember when Ye dropped I was like I listened to that like so many times in a row and it's just it's not hooking me the same way that it is I'm it's still holding me, out though. hope for it to grow on me a little bit 100% that's happened to me in fact recently um Call me if you get lost. I liked it when it came out, and then I love I love it now. Um, and I'm still holding out some hope for maybe Kanye to fix some things on there. It does kind of sound like there's some parts where I don't know if that was finished yet 100. You know, Kanye did say it wasn't. So if he he changes, yeah, some I things mean, he up said that it. Universal released it without his permission. Like I 100 like, locked the baby part. I really think that um, that Kanye wouldn't have. Uh, put out an album with 27 songs. I'm willing to bet that he would have had some throwaways had you Rem- let him like, remote finish control and- sticks out to me, especially as just a throwaway song that there are definitely a couple that seem uh, not 
that they shouldn't be there. I will say some nice things about the album. There are the, my I'll tell I'll tell you my five favorite songs. My okay. number one favorite song is Jesus Lord. That is Kanye. That That's was a good. Great. That was yeah, like what song. I expect yes. from Kanye. It's, it's eight that minutes long awesome. of a good flow, good lyrics, good beat. I'm like, this is a very good Kanye song. I kind of felt the same thing with Lord. I need you. He's in a good flow. He's in a rhythm. The beat is very good. Like I, I those were the two, especially where I'm like, this is. This is very good Kanye right now. I liked Believe What I Say a lot. I thought that had some groove. I thought that had some soul. Really I thought good. that that seemed the least kind of, a lot of it oh, kind of yeah. seemed sanitized yeah, that song, to me. That song rocks. I, that I song said earlier awesome. there was nothing drawing me in. That song's definitely That's drawing a, me you in. Know, I believe What I Say, I'll come back to uh, definitely a lot. I liked Praise God. I liked the Travis, the way he says into the night. <laughs> like, I don't know. That was like, I liked, I don't know why. Sometimes like an Damn inflection. Man, when maybe a, Keem said, let's get right. Like I felt that spiritually. I, there's some inflections that he made that I liked there. Into the night. I thought that was catchy. And I did like the beat drop on heaven and hell. Um, I did like that. Yeah. I didn't think it's it was like quite long enough or developed enough, but I I'm a sucker for a good beat drop and a big choral thing. So those five songs I did really like. And it's a good album. It's it's not a bad, objectively horrible album. Like there's stuff that I like from it. And if it was, but I mean, artist. the percentage of songs that I really love on Donda has it's probably the lowest of any Kanye album. And maybe that's because it has 27 songs. It's um, definitely because it has 27 songs. But I, right <laughs> now, I'd probably have it as a six and a half or a seven. I'd agree with that. And I'm hoping that it's going to grow on me a little bit more. I hope some of these songs, like some of these songs, I'm listening to them. And I'm like, this just isn't clicking for me. But it's not bad. Um, so maybe, maybe I just need to give it a couple of listens more through, but it's tough when it's two hours long, 27 songs. Right, exactly. Not I'm bad, not, though. Absolutely I'm not, not a bad album. I've listened to it several times through, so. And you're <laughs> like, how? <laughs> it's, it's a good album. I like it a lot. It's also Kanye, and I've been waiting for new Kanye since Jesus is King. He's 40. What, so. How old is he? I don't know how much many how many more he has. Like I <laughs> probably don't know. this this I feel like this will probably be his last album. I don't know if it'll be his. Last. I, I here, here's know. the thing, right? I said this yesterday to you 44. guys because we were talking about um, like how graduation, late registration, college dropout. It's like the college saga, right? I think Donda, if anything, closes that saga because I don't think graduation closed the college saga. I think Donda does because this I think is not about college. <laughs> this is not about that, college. No, but I'm saying that like He's 44. But his mom was like the only person that ever believed in him. So like this was kind of like This closes that, the like Pablo been, question where it's like which one really, which one like he has got the, like the people dressed up for church and then like an ass <laughs> like which one <laughs> this closes that question where it's like he chose which one um yeah that 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 was kind of that he was struggling with on the life of pablo i don't think this has much to do with i think college kanye has been gone for like a, over a decade now. i don't know but i think this is like a good conclusion if there was one yeah i don't know I, I don't he's not he's like done. low he's not like done. low wayne where he just like makes music over and over and over again yeah i don't know i don't think he's done either but I don't know. I gave it a six and a half. Matt sounds like he agrees for I'd now. I'd say a seven. I like it a little Se- bit more seven? than you, I think. All right. I, I don't give like, I don't know how to, how do you guys rate albums? That doesn't make any sense to me. This is, no, only- no, no, this is such garbage. I'm sorry. No, Our producer's telling us to get out. But all of a sudden, this new thing where, how can you possibly put a number on an album is only happening because of like, wh- what is this? This has not been a thing. 
until now. I've never, I've never rated albums. The only you guys made me like you're literally lying. I know you. I'm your childhood friend. You're lying right now. (laughs) What if I? (laughs) You're saying that you're not pulling up specific times. You're saying that you could not call this a five star (laughs) album. You don't have albums that you could like. There it's are, just a way to like you've called albums tens before. I've heard you do it. Yeah. Stop. There, there yes. are. Well, what was it? Four. I was there. I said there are like it's uh, the Carter Five. Um, so how are you putting EP numbers of, on? Because <laughs> okay, because I'm saying those are the one. Those are the only ones that I could say are perfect. You can totally rate anything out of ten. Yeah, I think it's you can like too. yeah. It's just I, like I a general I vibe of like something. To. It's not like I just it's don't not like there's a formula for it. It's like I think that this is. I just listen to it. I'm like, I like this. Five is average. It's like a little bit above average. Instead of saying a little bit above average, I'll say six and a half out of 10. Like it's fun. It's fun. God damn it. It's fun to rate things. (laughs) Oh my God. It's fun to rate things. I just didn't want to rate it. I was just like, yeah, I'm just like, but if you had to, what would you say? Gun to your head. Gun to my head. Well, okay. Perspective. I made, I ranked it around the same as life of Pablo. Um, so it's probably a seven, seven and a half. Oh, okay. you like it more than that. You, okay. You, you like okay, it. Okay, I, I think, you I think, like, no, I'm sorry. Are you going to give it like saying, the same grade? <laughs> okay, you like, like, I'm giving it a seven. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't know. Okay, it's like graduation is one, really, but I wouldn't consider graduation as an really album to be a 10. All right. right? It's like, I wouldn't consider graduation as an album to be a 10. We're, we're, my we're favorite trashing the album. We're not trashing Late registration. Late registry. Late registration is my second best out. I like, I would say graduation. Okay. Well, I'll say graduation's a nine late registrations, like an 8.9. Like those two are super close. Um, I had my beautiful fantasy. That's probably an 8.5. I'll give Don an eight. I'll give Don okay, an eight. Fair. All right. <laughs> like what, what, what do you want from me, man? Like, <laughs> all I'm saying is we were, we were being more negative than anything else on the album. And maybe that's You're because we have such asked, high expect. You, you maybe asked that's me because to, we have such <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's because we have such high <laughs> expectations for the album uh, or for, for Kanye, I guess. But like, if we're giving it a seven, you 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 love it. You're saying it's generational. The reason I'm being negative like is because you're being so positive about it. So and then we're going to give it like almost this is the same why, grade. This is why I don't rate the album because it's like, it's hard to rate it. You know? Yes. I, so you... I just... Never mind. Let's, it, it, never, it, never mind. No, never mind. No, no, no. Mind. This guy doesn't get scores man. out of 10, but he pulls 8.9. Out of like, I, yeah, this was, this it was, was arbitrary. Nine, was it was arbitrary. <laughs> I haven't gone nine, and sat seven, down do and outro. tried to rate Kanye's album. The outro. <laughs> Dude said, "Do the outro." Well, that wraps things up for us. I'm sick right now. Disgusting. <laughs> 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 that wraps things up for us, guys. As always, tons and tons of content coming your way on all platforms tomorrow. Because this album, or this not this album, this this, is a, this is a nine out of ten episode. <laughs> A nine out of ten episode. This podcast will be dropping on Tuesday, and we will be doing our uh, fantasy draft live on YouTube on Wednesday. Um, so I guess at this point, as you guys are hearing this, we will have already announced it that Will Blackman and Chris Long will be in the fantasy league, and that will be a ton of fun. So I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that live stream is going to be a lot of fun. I'm not entirely sure how it's going to go. It might be a little bit crazy, but it should be a ton of fun. Make sure you don't miss out on that. Preseason is in the books. Regular season is underway. I'm thrilled. I know you guys are thrilled. Don't miss out on all the great content we've got coming to you on all platforms. And as always, from the best sports podcast in the world, we'll catch you on the flippity flop.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.